I was, I was wearing my wetsuit, so don't do that either. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep with my wetsuit on at the beach. Yeah. I woke up, these kids were rolling me toward the water. Shamu, <laughs> shamu. Good morning. Good morning. And happy Father's Day. Hey, I, I, I notice a lot of you guys are like donut free. That just breaks my heart. I'm going to have to eat more on behalf of you. Amen. But hey, I want to wish all of you dads uh, a happy Father's Day today. It is a day to honor and celebrate dads. And, and I know that a lot of them are, I think, out with the kids on the boat and doing different things today. So... I guess that leaves more donuts for us. Um, somebody left a little bracelet thing in the restroom recently. And I think it's a half bracelet, if that's you. 
It's going to be, I think, on the sound booth wall up there. And I think it just happened, so someone just turned it in. Ladies' bathroom? Yeah, ladies' bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it, it was yours, Warren. I know, it was yours. <laughs> Amen. <sighs> Big plans today? Who's eating meat for Father's Day? Anyone? Okay. It, I am, you know, men are pretty simple usually, and uh, in our house, it's, it's, a, it's a simple thing. Shannon says, well, it's Father's Day. What do you want to eat? Meat. As long as it's real meat, you know, I mean, that's kind of it. You're going for a ride. That's, <laughs> an, yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're going to worship the Lord this morning. We're going to sing, and um, we'll open in prayer, and, um, you know, He is our Father. And it is Father's Day, and, and that can be a day, it can even be a painful day. Um, if, you, if you don't have a dad, if your dad wasn't there for you, um, you might be the father, and maybe your, your kids are estranged, whatever. They're, it can be a sad, it can be a, a, a tough day. Um, and that's when we re even rely heavier on God the Father. He's our Father. We're going to worship Him this morning, um, give Him honor as we also, in the rest of the service in different parts throughout the day, I'd encourage you to honor all the dads and dad figures in your life. You don't have to have sired a child to be able to say that you are a spiritual father. I've got a number of spiritual fathers that I will be calling and talking to today. I hope you do the same. But um, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, um, we want to even say, even though it sounds kind of strange, Happy Father's Day to you. God, you are a good father to us all. And um, we want to honor you today as we want to do every day. And thank you for all that you do uh, in our lives and all that you do for us. So God, I pray that as we would sing these songs and, and uh, express ourselves through music, through singing, through the lifting of our hands, that uh, you would be lifted up, you'd be glorified, you would feel loved by us, your children. God, um, we, we just give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs>
troubled times sing when I win I can sing when I lose my step then fall down again I can sing cause you pick me up sing cause you're there I can sing cause you hear me Lord when I call to you in prayer I can sing with my last breath Sing for I know that I'll sing with the angels and the saints around the i mm-hmm. 
Still into love. 
we look to you to be perfect in all your ways. And we thank you. God, we don't always know. We can't always see your love and your perfection for us, God. We don't even always agree with your ways. But we thank you, Jesus, for your love, for being perfect. God, continue to lead us. We thank you for your continued grace when we mess up again. We pray that your spirit would empower us and lead us on in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Greet somebody near you and love them. High fives, fist bumps, chicken wings. Hello. Hi. Good morning, Journey Church. Happy Father's Day. So excited. Um, well, welcome. Hey, if you're joining us for the first time, we would love to get connected with you. One of the ways you can do that is in the pockets of the chairs, there's connection cards, and you can fill those out and put them in the tithe and offering boxes in the back, and that way we can get connected to you. And if you didn't get a welcome packet, you want to grab one of those too, because then they also have a coupon for a free drink when the cafe opens back up. We're getting closer, guys. The It's going to get ready, the the uh, kitchen. Woohoo! right? Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks? Oh, Latte, ice lattes are coming for you, Bethany, in two weeks. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the only announcement. Oh, no, just kidding. I have one more announcement. So we have these cool cups out there, and it says Joel Comiskey Group, and these are up for grabs. So anybody that needs a mug, please grab one on your way out. And what's cool is that every time then you go to have coffee, you'll be reminded to pray for them, and they are one of our missionaries. And so... Definitely grab one of those on your way out. Also, if um, <clears throat> you didn't see, we had uh, donuts for dads, and we have tons of donuts. So it can be donuts for dads and others. <laughs> so please make sure you grab a donut on the way out. Otherwise, I have to feed them to the youth group on Tuesday, and we'll go home pulling my hair out. <laughs> no, but. Oh, and speaking of junior high and high school, um, they are going to be doing a lesson upstairs. So if you guys wanted to go, you guys are welcome to stay here. Or if you want to go up there as well, you can go meet together. So I think that's the only announcements that I have for you guys. So we're just going to move into our time of tithes and offerings. And I was just thinking, as we, you know, give into our tithes and our offerings, sometimes it's not always easy to 
go down into your pockets and pull out maybe it's the last couple of dollars that you have. But we want to be faithful and obedient to what God asks us to do when we're tithing and we're giving back to him what he's given to us. And I think of how God is, here we are celebrating Father's Day. He is our Heavenly Father. And he is so faithful in providing for us, so much so that I want to share this verse with you. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God promises that when we give into our tithes and our offerings, that he will give back. And so I want to receive that. I want to receive what God so graciously has given to us, not just in finances, not just in this church building, but in the life, the eternal life that he gives to us because of the fact that he gave his son for us. And so we just want to believe in that as we give back to him what he's given to us. Amen? All right, let's pray real quick for our tithes and offerings. Excuse me. Father, you are a good, good father. And Lord, some of us may not have had the best examples of fathers in our lives, and some of us have had amazing examples, and I am so grateful for the father that you blessed me with. More importantly, I thank you for, for you, for your provision, for the ways that you pave a way for us to get closer to you by any means possible. God, the fact that you came to earth in human form, and you sacrificed yourself for us, Lord, we are eternally grateful. I pray that every day our lives would be a reflection of what you did for us, God, that we would be a light into the world, God, and that we would proclaim your name atop this mountain that we are so blessed to live in. Father, we love you, and we ask that you would give us grace and wisdom in how we use these funds to bless you and honor you and to bring you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't make me pull this car over. What is this? What? Yeah. <laughs> 
Everyone went to his own town to register because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary and was expecting a child. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, didn't we all learn something today, guys? Yes, sir. Now they can. Hey. So again, it's it is Father's Day, and, and uh, every every year we like to do a little something uh, fun for the dads. And uh, you know, dads are harder to shop for, um, especially from the and uh, from the church, because um, you know you ladies are just so easy to please. You in this way, you really are. It's. Uh, you know, we get little things, you know, little, you know, presents for the moms, and we can get a little, a little lotion and a sachet, and you're just so grateful for that, or a hand sanitizer, or bookmarks, and, you know, we get, we get some of these things, and, and you just really seem grateful, that's it. And um, guys, on the other hand, over the years have proven much more difficult to shop for, and we're simple, and we don't require a lot, actually, usually, but when it comes to gifts, it's like we need something, I don't know, just a little different. So we've tried doing things over the years like uh, um, little multi-tools, that, like the credit card multi-tool. We did that one year. Some of you guys got one of those, and immediately your wife put it in, your, in her purse. Because <laughs> you put it down, you didn't really want that. We've done the little tiny pocket tools. Again, that ended up either in a glove compartment or your wife's purse. We've given a lot of little things because, you know, we, we try to spend a couple of dollars. And a few years ago, I realized that there's not a whole lot that men want for a couple bucks. So, so we, we had to up the ante a little bit. Now, last year, uh, and I was going to do it again this year, but I wanted to take a break. We got, uh, I thought it was a great, uh, the present, it was that big mug. Remember the big mug and the dad's root beer. Now, that was one of the best, all the guys really liked that. So, so we'll bring that back again. So this year, I was thinking, what can we give to the dads? Who, who really is that tape that binds and something that is really just useful. And so what we want to give to you this year <laughs> is a roll of duct tape for all the dads out there. And, uh, and so um, I'm just going to come around and, and hand these out to all of the dads. And here we go. And, and I'm just going to hand out to a male. I'm just going to all the males here. And uh, here we go. All right, here we go. 
Everyone needs duct tape in their life. If you have kids, you can use it on them. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, there we go. One up there for David. I'm going to have to go back. Here we go. Look at this. Everyone needs duct tape. And uh, so all the guys get, get duct tape. And you, 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 it's exactly. See, it's practical. It is practical. I got to get one more out of my thing. Now one more bucket. So yesterday, my dear wife, Shannon, um, went down and bought all this duct tape for us. Did I miss anyone? Oh. Anton, I am so sorry. Look at that. Here you go. You know, I... Yes, I, I, yeah, I will... I, let me... Yeah, we'll grab one for sure for him. There's a few more. Um, so, she went down and bought 30 rolls of duct tape. 30 rolls. And she's, she's checking out, and the, and the checkout clerk is... What on earth do you need all this duct tape for? And she, she really laughed and she goes, I wish I would have had a, you know, a, a much better response like, and just let her imagine what it was for, right? Because there's a lot you could do. You could probably build a boat with, anyways, happy Father's Day. This w will not end up in your wife's purse. <laughs> That's right. That is right. <laughs> Duct tape. It's what holds the world together. I thought about bringing zip ties, but so we have donuts and duct tape for dads is, is what we're going for this year. So. Maybe next year we just have to give dollars. Amen. So hey, we're continuing our, uh, our series this morning. We're just going to keep moving and focusing. Um, and, and these messages are great for all of us. They're great for dad. They're great for us. Um, they're great for any stage of life that you're in because um, we need to learn how to focus. And so, you know, one of the things that can happen on Father's Day, um, and we don't do that here. I just, just never want to do that is take the opportunity on Father's Day to beat up on the dads, you know, and say, you need to be a better dad, and you know what, we're, we're going to honor dads today. Um, and, but the message is really not just focused on dads, we're just going to keep, keep going on. Um, and we're going to, this morning is focus on your future. All right, we started out this, this uh, series, a four-part series, on focusing on the good. And then we put focus on Christ last week. Today we want to talk about focusing on the future. And, you know, we have a lot of temptations to make our own plans, and, and we get this, uh, even, uh, even a future that we invent, but this morning we want to help bring the two together and then add, add to it focusing on the future. If we're going to focus on the good and focus on Christ, as we focus on the future, it's going to be God's future for us. He's got the best uh, in mind for us. So, this morning, I'm really hoping that you guys just begin to think about your future, the, your future and how to focus and what that might look like and how to begin to do that. And um, there's, I think there's going to be some freedom that can come because we're going to look at a couple things and some hindrances to focusing 
uh, on our future. So um, I hope you've been enjoying the series. I have. It's been great to study. It's been great to think about. Uh, it's been great to be reminded myself that we need to be focusing on whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is praiseworthy. We need to be focusing on these things. We need to make Christ our focus. We talked a lot about the distractions in life, and there's a lot of distractions. And uh, that's the best way to get uh, picked off by the enemy. Uh, I happened to watch this little uh, video this week of a, an expert pickpocket. Um, he is now, uh, he's a, he does some illusions. He's a pickpocket. Um, and he actually works for police departments and things, and he does training. And it's amazing. He, he, the video was kind of fun. He was rating movies. And, and, you know, in every movie, there's a, you know, in a lot of movies, there's scenes where they pick somebody's pocket. So he went through like 10 movies, and he rated whether or not it was a good, a good pick. And it was kind of fun to watch. And he says, oh, that was a great one. So he says, no, that would never happen. But, but you know, even with that, you get distracted. You a little bump in the, in the subway. You know, tap somebody on the shoulder here, reach in. I mean, he was amazing. He was going up to people on the streets of New York uh, and doing this. Um, but, uh, and he, what he does for police departments, usually his, he'll do it, but he'll put something in their pocket instead of take it out um, to prove that, that he did it. And uh, in, in that, just what the enemy does to us, he gives a little tap somewhere, distracts us somehow, and he picks our pocket. He takes from us something that is valuable. And that sometimes can be even our, our families, can be um, definitely our, our morality, our walk with Christ. He, he can uh, really damage us. So distraction. And so we want to focus on Christ. We want to focus on the good and begin to think about the future. Um, you know, the world can't give us everything we think it can. And only Christ can give us everything through the Holy Spirit. Um, Paul calls us to be thinking about uh, those good things. Um, you know, again, last week we talked about Peter on, on the water and getting his eyes off of Christ. So this week we're going to lay that new foundation of what is focusing on the future like. You know, do you know Henry Ford was bankrupted twice before he formed Ford Motor Company. He had investors who invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in two other companies. One was, I think, the Detroit Motor Company, and then the other one was actually Henry Ford Motor Corporation. Bankrupted both of them, took all the investors' money. It was amazing that somebody would trust him again. But he didn't stop, and he kept going, and obviously Ford has, has uh, innovated and done some amazing things today. Did you know Michael Jordan was cut from the basketball team in his senior year? He did not make varsity team his senior year of high school. The Grand Ole Opry fired Elvis Presley and said, your act is so bad you should go back to driving a truck. In a screen test, a testing director said of one actor-dancer, can't sing, can't act, balding, can dance a little. That was his review of this Fred Astaire. <laughs> Steve Jobs was fired by Apple. 
the company he founded. He was fired, went on to form another company called Next. After a while, they brought him back. He was fired because of, of deficiencies in himself. He had failed even as, as kind of a boss, not as an, an innovator, but they brought him back. And obviously, Steve Jobs and Apple has brought us amazing, amazing things. Over the years, many of you have an, an Apple phone, an iPhone right in your pocket. Uh, Bill Gates, his first startup computer company was called Trafodato. Right there, failure. <laughs> Trafodata, uh, he he's always been in the computer. It was a failure. He, he, lo he lost money in the business. Over, you had a net loss his first couple of years, $3,000 a year, closed it down. Obviously, we know that Bill Gates did not stop there. Um, you know, all of us, most of us in the room have, have these cell phones in our pocket, which should be on mute. I'm going to make sure mine is. Do you remember some earlier models of phones? I, I had a phone in 1991, and it was like a big brick thing and a little flippy thing. At the, I mean, it was, it was huge. All it could do was make phone calls. My first plan, uh, the plan, I think, was $65 a month. Now, this is in, like, 1992. Now, most of your plans are cheaper than that, I think. Um, and it cost 49 cents a minute to talk on. 50 minutes. They gave me a whopping 50 minutes for free. And then I paid 49 cents a minute. Those things upgraded. Many, uh, some of you, you know, you started having those phones. They started getting smaller. They became digital. You got flip phones. Uh, some of you maybe in the early days had those uh, cool, really cool things with Blackberry. Anyone ever have a Blackberry? Some of you, I had a Blackberry. Uh, actually, no, I had the Trio. I had the Trio 650. That was kind of cool. That was the beginning of smartphones. Aren't you glad that some of these phones that actually failed and didn't make it, that the, those who worked with the phones kept going? There, a few years back, there was a Samsung. I think it was the Note that heated up and burnt people's legs and even caught things on fire. And they recalled that one. I'm glad that Samsung didn't stop in the development of the phones, and we have what we have today. Um, these people that I mentioned, and so many others, it was fun looking at some of the, the failures of, of people who failed and then made it hugely successful. I'm glad they didn't give up. They had something in them that wanted to focus on the future. They, got, they, they stepped out of their failures, and they kept pressing on. Henry Ford, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, they had a choice to make every day of their lives. Am I going to choose to be focused on my past failures, or am I going to focus on my future? The ones we read about today are those that chose the latter. They focused on the future. They walked past their failures. Wasn't it Edison who, who asked about all his failures, and he says, I didn't have a... A uh, thousand failures. I had a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. Um, people focusing on the future. Similarly, these men and women, uh, we have the same choice in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We talked about our negative thoughts a few weeks ago and distractions that weigh us down. So we're going to take those and apply them to focusing on our future. And it's a future that we can't imagine for ourselves. So God's desire is to help us understand um, the importance of walking with Him every step of the way.
Let's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. We know this. If you have your Bible, you can go there with me. Many of you have it on a wall. Favorite verse, life verse. You've posted on your social media. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I've seen it, we've heard it, and it's a great verse. You know, what some of us don't know is that that verse was written when the Jews were in exile in Babylon. They, they weren't in their own country. They were under the rule of another place, and they would stay in captivity for 70 years. They'd stay in captivity, and God, through that time, says, I know the plans. I'm going to give you a hope and a future, and I think we need to focus on that word that hits him who gives it to you. It's him who gives us the future. It's, it's not us. We can't create that wonderful future on our own, but it's God, if we'll allow him, will bring us into the future. We're so tempted to dream big and, and do everything by ourselves, and Jeremiah is writing to that group of exiles who couldn't fix anything on their own, but God comes in and says, don't worry, I know what I have for you. Some of us are in that situation right now. It's like we don't know what our future holds we don't know what's going on. We might feel like we're in captivity today, but God has a future and a hope. He's going to walk, it in, walk, it, walk you into it, and he's going to give it to you. Turn over to Isaiah Verse 8 and 9. This is the memory verse. It didn't get up on the screen, um, but it's an, I wanted to give another easier one this week, but it's a, it's a great one to have uh, in, in our thinker. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. 9 goes on to say, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We need that memorized. We need to be going back to that because we need to understand we have a lot of plans for ourselves. We have a lot of thoughts, but God's thoughts are not ours. His ways are not our ways. So often we've got these things. We're going to do it. We're going to do it our way. Uh, you know, we kind of want to be the Frank Sinatra and do it, do it my way. And God says, no, my ways are better than your ways. My thoughts are better than your thoughts. Lean on me. Proverbs says, you know, don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And so as we talk about moving into the future, we need to, to rest, continually come back to this, the memory verse for the week, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. If we can start living uh, into this, leaning into the truth and living by this truth, we're going to start to move out of God's way and let him begin to lead us. You know, we could, we could go through today and say, how many people have had failures in your life? And we'd all say, well, I have. And we could say, how many of you have had big failures in your life? And most of us raise our hands, but there's some big failures. I mean, big failures, moral failures, business failures, marriage failures, children failures. We failed. But God is the redeemer of all things. God can move us out of those failures 
and move us into exactly what he has for us. And not just can, he wants to. He wants to help us to move beyond our failures. We need to relinquish control of, of these things and give it to him and begin to press into him and let him lead us into everything he has because his ways are higher than our ways. I, I, I mean, I, I, it's so important that you just begin to say that, you know, wow, God, your ways are higher and better than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Because if we can get that inside of us, when we go to make a decision, when we go to do something, we're going to say, I need to consult Jesus. I need, I need to go and see what he would have for me. You know, we are, as a people, really um, focus, well, focused, thinking a lot about the future. One of the ways I, I know that is that fortune tellers make good money that horoscopes are still in the newspaper and people consult them. I know that because people like to stay after dinner, open up the little plastic wrapper and eat a really stale cookie <laughs> as they read their fortune. We are all kind of, you know, kind of consumed on the thought of our future and so many people seek out fortune tellers and, and horoscopes and astrology and, and, and even sometimes the, the fortune cookie, it's kind of fun to watch. I like to watch people and, you know, good, you know, Christian people don't believe in any of that. They get a fortune sometimes like, ooh, their eyes light up. Like, why? Because there's something like, yes, is this my, is this my future? I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want some help with my future. I want somebody to tell me my future. I have wanted to go into the local fortune teller, like on a really snowy day when, you know, no one's out on the roads and just show up there. And, and, and when they, you know, they say, well, you know, good afternoon. I'm like, hey, yeah, man, it's, are you surprised to see me? You shouldn't be. <laughs> Some of you might get that later. We're always thinking about the future. This morning, I want us to focus on the right future and help us to understand what, what that should look like for us. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. We give kind of three, three obstacles to the future. Philippians chapter 3. God's Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I ordered a new Bible. It's coming in this week. I'm excited. It says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which for Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining for what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Go to, keep that, go to 1 Peter. Just a little bit, chapter, uh, chapter 1. We read this in the men's study, and I had to add it into my, my message this morning. 
in verse, starting in verse 3. So in Philippians, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on for the goal of that which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. In First Peter, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven through you. You read on a couple more verses on there. They're all kind of talking about this future hope, this living hope, heaven, something kept in heaven for us. Our focus for our future has to go beyond the focus for our future here on this earth. It, our focus for the future has to go on to heaven and to what Christ has laid up for us. If we allow the focuses of the, uh, the things of the earth to be our focus here without keeping it in context of our main focus of heaven, of pleasing Jesus Christ, then everything down here is going to be shaky and lead us astray. Now, I'm not saying that you can't have goals and focus here on this earth. Because goals are really important. Uh, you know, there's a wonderful saying that I try to help with, with uh, people um, to get in their mind. Whenever you're going to start a project, you start with the end in mind. And that's been something really hard for, for, for me in certain areas. Like if I'm going to go do a home project. You know, I'll do a little project, and, you know, and, and so this, this, happened, this has been happening. And I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit better. But like, hey, I think I want to put down some, you know, uh, bricks down here. And so I put the bricks down. And then I'm like, oh, I want to do this. But then I realized I put too many bricks down. So I got to pull some bricks out and put in another rockway. And then I realized that my rockway is going, going to lead right into a tree that I didn't. I mean, and, and I don't start with the end in mind. You need to start with the end in mind, get the whole picture. That's right here on earth. That's a good principle. But if we don't put the eternal perspective of our hope being heaven, of our hope being Christ, of our hope being that we can one day stand before God and Him say to us, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. If that is not your ultimate focus, then everything you do here on earth will, will, will miss the mark and it will end up being Shaky. Now, you might have all the worldly success. But as believers, we'll, we'll get to the, the end of that and we'll say, what, what was it all worth? What was it all for? But if we will always keep pleasing Christ and, and, and being in heaven with Him, pleased by Him that everything else that we do down here will also have meaning. Isn't that awesome that you can, you can be wealthy, successful, and still please God if you keep your priorities right. You know, a, a company and a person that it seems like they're doing that has is, is been, you know, the, the Chick-fil-A franchise, the owner of that at least, uh, you know. Um, uh, Kathy, uh, Dan Kathy is the owner now, but uh, his father. Um, man, what an amazing man who wanted to please God even in his corporation, even in his business. Focus on Christ. Focus on the future of heaven. And all your other focuses will get pulled in and go in the right direction. He's given us each a future, a hope. He wants our focus to be eternal, not temporal. And I tell you, especially when you're young, that is just so hard. We, we, when you're young, and I know we've got people kind of, there are a lot of people in here retired right at the age of, you know, beginning to retire. And you're like, 
I think some of you are like, I wish I would have thought more when I was younger about these things. I don't want to be focused just on the temporal. I want to be focused on the eternal. <coughs> Keep our eye on the prize. Put it on an eternal home, a reward. Does the scripture say it doesn't rust, it doesn't corrode? And we do that not because we're not supposed to enjoy this life. God wants us to enjoy this life. He wants us to have joy. He wants us to flourish. But he wants to keep our focus on him. James 4 um, is, is really kind of that, that part in there. It says, don't boast about tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And he, but he doesn't just say, he says, why would you say, in a year I'm going to go and do this and do that and buy this and sell this? He says, why would you do that? Now, he could have just stopped and made us feel bad for having plans. But he doesn't. He says, you should say, if it's the Lord's will. That's all you have to say. And it's not just saying it. It's like, hey, I want to win a race. I want to build a great company. I want to have a great family. I want to. And then you say, but let the Lord's will be done. And really mean it. Really, really mean it. Um, you know, Mickey, when he was, he's, he's got one of these uh, amazing, he's got a lot of amazing stories. He's, he's got more stories than anyone I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, how many people do you know? How many things have you done? Um, but in, in college, he was drafted by the Orioles. He was drafted by the Orioles. He was going to go play major league ball. He was a pitcher. He was a good pitcher. And he was ready to sign a contract. And at the time, they were going to give him a signing bonus. I mean, he wasn't just getting signed like, yeah, maybe something will work out. They were going to give him money. And he had just become a Christian. And they started talking about, he said, well, what does this mean? He says, basically, when you sign that paper, you sign your life to us. He says, you know, as long as you play, we tell you when to work out, where you're going to stay. He was going to have to go to Puerto Rico or something. And, and he goes, wait, I'm not owned by anybody but God. And so he walked away from a potential career in the major leagues. Why? Because he knew that by signing his life away, he was taking that let God's will be done in that moment. He didn't have that peace from God. He wasn't willing to sacrifice his focus on eternal things. Now, God could have had him go into the major leagues, but he didn't feel that leading. So you could do that. You can do anything if God wills it. Could we begin to focus so much that everything we do is like, you know, I really, I want to, I want to do this. I want, to, I want to add on to my house. I want to, whatever it is and say, but I'm really going to seek the Lord and, and let the Lord's will be done. When we lived in Guatemala, there's a saying down there that they use uh, a lot in Guatemala. I don't hear it as much in, in like Mexico and other places. And um, I, remember, I remember it really bugged me one day because when you, you say, see you tomorrow, you say, you know, hasta luego or hasta mañana, their response is primero Dios, which um, means first God, literally. Kind of, in other words, it's kind of like, you know, if it's God's will, you know, whatever. But, um, but it's really first God. 
it bugged me because I would say that to the employees that we had because we had a, a ministry. We also had a, a coffee house. We had some employees. And, and I would say that to one of them. And I'd say, see, see you in the morning. They had to be up like 9 o'clock in the morning for a shift or something. And they would say, primero Dios. And I mean, my, I'm like, no. You'll be here at 9. Right? 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 right. I mean, it's like, I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, hey, man, see you at 8 in the morning to paint a house. Primero Dios, no, I'm counting on you. I had to step back and realize that they were okay to say that. That even in the day-to-day, tomorrow, I don't know if I'm coming to work, God first. Oh, man, that was a tough one. It still is. I mean, you know, it's like, just make a plan. Let your yes be yes. The Bible says let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't give me that Primero Dios stuff. (laughs) Will we leave room? I mean, and not just leave room. Will we, will we like carve out and say, God is first in all things. I want to fill in the blank. It's okay to want it. You pray about it and, you know, he's going to... But if it's not God's will, I'm not going to do it. Now, I'll tell you, there's been a few times in my life when I was younger, I'd get something so, so wrapped up in my, my desire that I think I'd be like, I don't even know if I'd listen to God at this point. I'm just not going to do that or I'm going to do that. If it's God's will, next year, I'm going to. So we focus on the future. And it's going to help us overcome. It's going to help us overcome obstacles. Uh, I, I remember what you know at different times when I was would run or, or, or do something that take you know that you had to do for a while. When you start getting really tired, I would I would make these little goals. I'd be running. My my I, I never quite reached my 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 goal when I was running. And I yeah I actually used to run Mick. I was run. I, I I was trying to run all the way to Castle Rock. I was a, you know, and I you know from from uh, I lived out at the uh, right next to Boulder Bay Market. So it was just like a mile up the highway, but it was almost all uphill. And then the run up to Castle Rock is like really steep. And so I I I only made it like just before the the the, the steep part died, and then I I quit running. But when I would run, I would just look ahead and go, I just got to get to the next telephone pole. And I'd look up, I just got to, he said, Mike, the next curve. I, I kept putting a goal out there and I just kept, and I just kept wanting to persevere and do it. You just, you know, if you, it, you just, it's okay to put a goal out there because it's going to help you to overcome. If your goal is to have Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant, you're going to say, I can overcome this. I can do this. I can do this. When we raise our kids, you have to have a goal that you're raising an adult, not just a kid. So that when you're doing things, you're like, I, I have to continue on. I can't stop. I have to help them through this because they have to be ready for adulthood. And you fight and you go through. Focusing on the future helps us to overcome obstacles. And one of the, one of the obstacles, I'm going to talk about three obstacles that we have to overcome 
in order to keep pressing on and focusing on the future is our past. It's, it's one of the big obstacles of actually focusing and living out a future goal, and that's our past, as believers especially. We all have a past, and I'm talking about the things that we're not proud of first. You know, the things that we're, we, we have shame over, we have guilt, things that, that wish, we wish we could do over again, the things that you carry that you don't like to share. I've shared things from this pulpit um, I, that have been very shameful to me, that I'm very embarrassed about. I share them because it, it takes away the power of the enemy over me in that shame. But sometimes I share that and I think, oh, Lord Jesus, they now know something about me that I'm not proud of. But we have to overcome these things. We have to keep looking forward. Some of the things of our past are our failures. I talked about that. We have failures that um, maybe we tried to do something and, and we didn't do it. And that can become a source of, of such strong uh, regret that it can actually ruin us from ever wanting to try anything again. Some people have uh, gone out for a sports team and when they fail, they just, they just stop. They don't want to try it again. We've got to overcome our failures and look at them the way God looks at them so that we can keep moving on. And when you think about the list of, of the people at the beginning, you know, they had to overcome failures. I remember just, it was just a kind of a silly thing, but years ago I used to do a lot of uh, street ministry and, and God was moving in my life, giving a lot of people like words of wisdom, like crazy things. I'd be out you know, sharing the gospel on the streets of Hollywood or New York or wherever I was at the time. And God would give me a picture or a word for the people. I mean, like specific, like, you know, um, you know, there was this one, one time, um, I was the second in, in the conversation. So I was praying and they were talking and all of a sudden God gave me this picture. So I said, wait, I've got some, it was a young lady. She was probably 17 or so. I said, your grandmother's a Christian. And um, you just, like tonight, had a fight with her and you ran out of the house. And she's been praying for you that you would come to Christ. And she just started weeping on just crying. And she goes, how do you know that? I mean, she was a little scared. I mean, wouldn't you be? And she actually said, were you following? I mean, she was like, I said, no. I said, God loves you. And he wants you to know that he knows your situation. And she came, to, she came to the Lord. You know, it was awesome. There was another time that, and, and this, this, this had happened, you know, five, six, seven times, like miraculous. It was, it was getting really cool. It's like, wow, this is neat. And there was another time God gave me this, this whole scenario. And so I, I shared it with this person. And they, they, they looked at me and they, like, and they, they said, you're crazy. I was totally wrong. Everything I said about them was off. It was just strong. And, I'm, and, I, and I actually felt like I heard God say, so you failed. Will you trust me again? See, it would have been really easy right in that moment to say, I'm never, ever going to do that again. Right? I learned my lesson. We can't do that. If we fail, we have to say to the Lord, you've got something else for me. I'm going to step into it. Don't let your failures 
be what your failures of your past be what blocks you from moving in to your future. So you have your failures. And, and you know, I'm, I'm saying this, you're going to need help to overcome that failure. You can maybe talk with some people, overcome them. There's even some really good books on how to overcome your failures. We don't have time to go on all those, but you need to like put this down. If this is you saying, I need to work at overcoming my failure and not letting the, my failure of the past ruin me from my future. Another thing we have to move out of is forgiveness. And really, it's unforgiveness. Your forgiveness or lack of forgiveness towards others or towards yourself can hold you back from your future. We need to be able to truly work at forgiving. And I want to tell you, the, a big one is forgiving yourself. If you've had things that you've done in your life that you have shame over and you still feel it, and if you have, you know what I mean. There are some things in my life, there's some of them are even silly, but there are things that when I think about, I still feel shame. I need to forgive myself still. And it's a process. You, you, you need to really work at saying, God, you forgave me. I need to forgive myself. You may have hurt somebody. I, there's something I, I still feel really, really, really bad about, and it was a very good friend of mine. He was in youth ministry at the same time I was. And... Um, you know, sharing it maybe will help me a little bit because when I think about that, I still have the shame. And he told me that there was a possibility that he and his family were going to be moving and leaving their, their church in their ministry. And he says, but it's, you know, it's, it's hush, but it really looks like it's probably going to happen. And um, so I was talking with, with a, a mutual friend of ours whose kid happened to be in their, in their youth ministry. And they went to another church and they had been at that church for like, 12 or 15 years, and she goes, we're thinking about leaving the church and going over to this other church because our son likes the youth ministry over there so well, and so, you know, we're going to leave the church and go over there, where they're, and I'm like, he's leaving, like, don't do that, and they, they weren't in my church, they were just in their church, and so I'm just saying, you don't want to do that, and just trying, finally she kept pressing, and I'm like, you know, they said there's a good chance that they're moving, so don't do that, immediately, I left, she called, the, she called the pastor and says, are you leaving? He called me, and he was hurt. And our, we were like really close friends. It broke our friendship for about six months. He didn't trust me. I still feel really bad about that. Um, about five, or five years ago, I, I had real shame over it. Now I just go, man, now it's more of a lesson can't do that. Finally, years it took, I think I forgave myself. I was young, I was dumb, and I better never do that again. And I said, okay, what do you have? What do you need to forgive yourself from? And, and there's, there's other things that I've done that I'm not even prepared to share yet here. Will you forgive yourself? Will you forgive others? And, and we, that's a whole nother message. God wants to help you forgive others in this process of moving on to our future. And I, I, I'm just going to say something real quick on that. You need, if you've got unforgiveness towards somebody, which will come out often in um, 
when you think about that person or talk about the thing, you get a real emotion from it. The anger kind of pops back up and it's, you still got some forgiveness to work through. I want to encourage you to work through it. Figure out what forgiveness looks like. And it's not just, you know, um, forgive them, let them keep hurting people or you or whatever else and that it doesn't matter. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness really is, is in a simplified form is this. Somebody hurts you, that means that they kind of damaged you. They owe you a debt. They owe you something because they hurt you. You ever feel that way? Somebody's done something like, man, you owe me. And uh, so for, this is what forgiveness is. It's taking that debt and saying, God, I am not going to collect this debt. Instead, I'm going to give the debt to you and you can collect it how you want. Okay, now, now let, let me give you a practical example. This happens to you if you own a home. It's happened to you. You got a loan for your house. You were paying this one company, and one day you get a letter. And the letter said, we sold your loan. Has that ever happened to you? We sold your loan. This is the new address, new company to pay, to pay your bill to. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll pay to them, right? That company can never, the first company that you had your loan with originally, can never come after you and ask you for money. They sold your debt. They, they, they don't even have a right to come and say, hey, are you making the payment? Why? It's not their debt. It doesn't belong to them anymore. They've, they, you know, there is no interest there anymore. When you forgive, what you're saying is, God, I'm going to give you this debt, and I'm never going to ask them to pay me back. And I'm not going to ask whether or not they're paying you either. How you collect this debt from them is between you and them. That's tough. But here's, here's how, one of the reasons we can do that. The Bible says that God is our, God uh, will vindicate us. He says uh, that he will repay. He says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. He's good. He will exact payment for the wrong done to you. I don't know what that's going to look like, but he will because he's good and he's just. We just have to let him do it on his own term. He knows the best way to do that. If you've got us uh, ought with somebody, forgive them. Take that and say, God, I'm going to give this to you. Now help me. Help me not to carry the anger. Help me not to pick up the offense again. Help me to move away from it. Move on so that we can focus on the future. Failures, forgiveness. Here's another one that helps, that, that hinders us from our past to moving on to our future. Fond memories. Fond memories. I was thinking of the, the, in, in, in Exodus, when the Israelites came out of, uh, out of Egypt, you know, they were doing really good, and all of a sudden they started, in chapter 16, they started murmuring. They didn't have food, and they're like, if only we could be back in Egypt where we sat by the pots of meat and ate bread to our fill. They had these memories of the past that were causing them to not want to move on to the future. And here's one of the things that happens with our memories from the past. We can make them really good or we can make them really bad. And they're usually neither. Sometimes we make these things from the past so good that nobody can live up to it. And we just live in the past. Fond memories oh, of yesteryear. Well, yesteryear is gone. The past is behind you. Like the great sage said, Pumbaa, you've got to put your behind in your past. 
We, we, we can't live in the, in, the, in the past. We can look towards the future, but we have to live in the present. It's a gift. That's why they call it the present. But we have to look towards the future. We kind of move away from the past. And, and fond memories can hold us back from doing that because we're like, oh, but it was always so good in the past. And, and I don't want to move on to the new things. We have to, we have to move on with those. Um, It's, it's interesting because fond memories aren't always, always true, but at some point, sometimes we uh, make these stories and thoughts of the past um, just perfect. That this happens, I shouldn't laugh, but it's almost, it, there's been just downright funny at times. I have done some memorials, that's not the funny part. I've done some memorials for people who were not very good people. And the truth is, a lot of people didn't like them. They're kind of whatever. They just had their stuff, right? And it's kind of true sometimes. There's people who, but when they pass away, we all, everyone gets up behind this little thing and go, they were such a great guy. And they just memorialize and they talk about this person. Like, I mean, there was a couple that I'm like, who are you talking about? <laughs> it's not the person who, who died. And I'm not saying you should slander them. But they built these fond memories up. And, and, you know, in that setting, of course, you're going to look for all the good. But we've got to be careful not to think that everything from the past, I'm not about situations more than people, it's just like, oh, it was perfect. It wasn't. It wasn't as good as you want. There's something God is leading to you in the future. You've got to be able to let go of that past and say, no, I'm not going to let the past hold me back. Trusting God with your future is a very scary thing. We don't know what it's going to hold. And these things, this, uh, they want to hold us back from reaching our future. Another thing that's going to hold us back, the past, the present. The present can hold you back. If you have a sin in your past, it's in your past. Receive forgiveness. But you might be walking into something right now that's holding you back from your future, your present. You know, King David, he had something in his present that, that was causing him damage, and that was his sin against Bathsheba, or against Uriah with Bathsheba. Here he was the king, and he didn't look at the future of anything. He just was on top of his roof instead of out at war, doing his thing, and he went, I want that, and he fulfilled all that lust. We do that ourselves. We, we, we look at so much of like, for me, what can I do right now to fulfill me? What can I pour into myself? What can I, uh, you know, how can I gratify this desire right now? Has any of you ever, ever fasted? Like for a couple of days? Fasting's hard. Fasting's hard. Some people are really good fasters. I'm a horrible faster. I do it to be faithful to God. And there's been a few times that, you know, I longest uh, no food and water only I did, um, I did, I think, four days with no food and water only. That, that about killed me, you know, so I thought. But I remember a couple times when I was doing these fasts, especially when it was just water only, and, and you, get a, you, you get that thing happening and that hunger, and all of a sudden you start losing your mind. I mean, I've, I felt like I was losing my mind a couple times, and I just says, forget it, I'm going to eat. 
and I just macked out. I just, just, I just I'm, if I'm going to break this fast, I'm going to break it with everything in me. And just poured out. I got done with the meal and immediately went, what did I do? I'm like, I thought I wanted that food and I thought it was going to satisfy and it was over like that. But for that present gratification, I was willing to do it. We have to keep a better focus on the future, what's going to happen. And when that desire comes up to mac out, whatever that is for you, you go, no, I'm not going to do that because I see something greater. I'm not going to give in to this temptation. I'm not going to give in to this sin. For the joy set before me, the Bible says, Jesus endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before us of standing before Christ saying, well done, good and faithful servant. We're going to say no to ungodliness. We're going to embrace the things of God. Thank God that, that David, David's present, fulfilling that, that base need in his life with Bathsheba, turned into his past, which it does for all of us. So your, your present sin turns into your past sin, like that. And, what, and, and you need to go, I'm going to repent, and I'm going to forgive myself and ask forgiveness of God, and I'm going to move on. Don't let your past, don't let your present hinder you from the future. And finally, don't let your pride, don't let your conf, overconfidence or pride come in and ruin your future. I, I think that when I was giving those words, I, I started honestly getting a little kind of cocky. I just allowed that, wow, this is really cool. Man, this is neat. I'm going to go out there and, you know, with the group I'm in, I'm going to give this word to God, and, and everyone's going to go, wow, that was really cool. Don't let pride come in. Let's keep being humble. Right after Israel um, attacked Jericho, they went up against Ai. And they, they heard about Ai was, you know, not as small. And they said, oh, we, we sent some people up there. It's small. Let's just, we're, we're so good. Let's just send 3,000. It was 3,000. We'll just send 3,000 people up there. It'll be no problem. They got their heinies spanked. It, their, their confidence, their pride caused them to fail. Don't let your pride and your arrogance and your overconfidence in you hold you back from your future. I can do this all on my own. We need to go to the Lord, lean on Him. He wants to be at the forefront of all of these things, not in the background. Don't let your past come in. Don't let your present hinder you. Don't let your pride hinder you. Let's move forward. Let's focus. Focus on the future, on the future that, that is totally full of, of God and really the future is that you will please him in all things. You know, I think it'd be a, a neat exercise to do is 
when you get home, take a piece of paper. I should have done this for you. At the top of it, say, God's plan for my life. And just begin to think, God's, what is your plan for my life? Begin to write down the things that you think are God's plan for your life. Include them all. Sign it at the bottom when you're done. Some of these are going to be easy. If you have kids at home, so a few, few of us have kids at home, one of the God's plans for life is that you would be a good mom, that you'd be a good dad, that you'd raise them in godliness. Write that down. You, you have a job? One of God's plans for you is that you'd be a great employee. Believe it or not, that's one of his plans for you. Until he moves you on, but while you're there, he always wants you to be a good employee. Begin to think about these things. as What is it that God's plan for my life? And then when you look at that, that's part of your future, right? You're gonna, I'm going to, if that's it, I'm going to live according to this to reach my future. Go down the road. What do you think God's plan is down the road for you? Write those things down. God, how do I reach that? What do I have to do today in order to reach that? Every journey starts with just a step. What is it that God's calling you today? To step out from in your past, to forgive, to overcome in your present, to humble yourself in your pride, and to begin to move forward in your future. Dads, moms, all of us, this message is, is, is really for all of us. He's not done with any of you yet until he calls you home. He's got a plan and he's going to give you a hope and a future. Let's pray. God, we want to be a, a, a church that would focus on the good. We don't want to be negative. We want to focus on all the things that, that you have done and that you created. We want to not focus on people's failures. We want to focus on the good. We want to focus on Christ. We want to focus to be uh, fully on the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, this morning also, now we want to begin to focus on our future, the future of heaven, the future of standing before you, when you that you could say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. We want to focus on that and then take steps in order to reach that. Show us the things in our life that are hindering the things you have for us on this earth and the things that is waiting for us in heaven. Help us to walk in a way that we could reach the prize, casting every weight aside in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If anyone needs prayer, come, come forward and we'll, we'll pray for you if you just want to spend time at the altar. If anyone wants a donut.